helping families be happy. Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family love and relationships. I am your host, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. Now I am thrilled to introduce today's guest, Jessica Spear, who will be talking with us about her new book, BFF or NRF, Not Really Friends, A Girl's Guide to Happy Friendships. Jessica, welcome and thank you so much for taking time. Thank you so much, Carla. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, I am a writer, I'm a researcher, I'm a mom, and what I am so excited about and I you know, love exploring are just human relationships, what makes us connect, what makes us thrive. I love to look at um, emotional intelligence, um, you know, especially all the funky stuff that happens with kids in adolescence. So that's the focus of this book. Mm, adolescence, what a trying time for many young ones, especially these days. So listeners, if you have an ad adolescent in your life or have one who's about to be an adolescent, pay attention. Okay. So when we look at your book, BFF or NRF, and I'll just call it BFF or NRF, um, A Girl's Guide to Happy Friendships, Tell me a little bit about the concept of a BFF and an NRF. Well, this, um, the adolescent years, as, as many of us you know, remember as women, are a really tumultuous time. Um, tons of change going on. And it's not surprising. When we look at what's happening to girls in this, this stage of their life, there's a lot going on. Some studies show that sometimes confidence can drop by 30% between the ages of 8 and 14. And on top of that, this is the time of their lives where girls are starting to pull away from their families and really look for support in their peers and in their friend groups. Um, and then we just throw in everything that goes along with puberty and hormones and emotions getting bigger and more intense. So when my girls, I have two daughters, when they hit this stage, um, we started experiencing some bumps in the road, which reminded me of bumps I had in my road um, and so many women. Um, so I just dove into this topic. Um, and the, my hope is that this book really helps. It's a guidebook to help, you know, it helps to navigate some of these bumps that come up during these years. That's beautiful. And what a stunning statistic that a 30% drop in self-confidence from ages eight to 14. Isn't that incredible? Yes. So eight to 14. Uh, and this this drop doesn't happen nearly as much as boys. And what this does for girls, it starts to encourage them to doubt themselves, maybe have a little more social anxiety. Um, this is where we start to see girls really strong need to fit in, start to peak in these years. Um, so, you know, from a, a parent and teacher's perspective, you know, this is, you know, this just drives empathy. Like what, it is a tough time. So when we remember that, you know, what girls are trying to get through during these years, 
at a time in their life where they're not feeling really strong about themselves, you know, we as caregivers can just really kind of dive in to support and, and give them the tools they lead, help them find that confidence to navigate. Mm. And so your book is focused more toward young women, eight to 13, eight to 14. Is that it? Exactly. And so that, that's when these, start, these changes start to happen for girls. So um, middle, upper elementary, you know, maybe the first year of, you know, middle school is really interesting too, but that's where these changes start to take place. Um, you know, these changes where they're looking more for, out of their friendships, they might be pulling away a little bit from their family, wanting some independence and, you know, puberty begins. So, you know, then we have, you know, these preteen stories and, and, and memories that we have, um, you know, that are so foundational to our lives and to who we are. So my hope with this book, is maybe I can help to change that narrative um, and, and offer some guideposts so it doesn't have to be, you know, so tumultuous. You know, we can go in understanding more. Uh, the book has nine friendship truths, which naturally we kind of learn these as we hit these bumps in the road. But my hope is what happens if we just introduce these, these truths right off the bat? So as girls enter this phase, maybe it'll, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll help them as they, as they hit the inevitable bumps in the road. And I like this. Before we dive into the nine friendship truths, I'd like to know just a little bit you know, more about those so that we save something for people to read the book, right? But can you tell me how applicable would this book be, even though the confidence drops and, and maybe males don't suffer as much as young women, how applicable is the, is the book for young men? You know, I, when I was testing um, some of the concepts and, and making sure they resonated with kids, I actually ran a friendship group for years and I had boys in it too. Um, so in my head and not written yet is a book for boys. Um, but what I found at this age, you know, so this is, you know, eight to 12, um, you know, the stories were different and I wanted the stories in the book to really resonate. So the, a lot of the concepts are the same, but if I was going to write a new book, I would have different stories, you know, that boys could really relate Got to. Got it. Got mm -hmm. it. So the stories might not resonate with, with boys as much, but the concepts are the same. So good, good to know that way a teacher who might pick pick the book up, she could do a presentation and just maybe alter some of the stories until your next book is out. And then exactly. she could have one of each. Okay. Exactly. And the, you know, in the beginning of the book, I do have, you know, a, a little disclaimer that absolutely there's lots of activities and quizzes where the reader could change any pronoun to whatever pronoun they want to, um, you know, but, you know, this book, you know, definitely is focused more towards girls. I would love to, you know, finish a book for boys too, at some point. And interestingly, um, you know, boys, Boys experience a lot of the same things girls do, but the dynamics are a little different. And sometimes they happen a little bit later. You know, and I think some of this, again, is tied to when adolescence hits. Um, so boys really start to experience this stuff, maybe later elementary into middle school. Good to know. Yes, they do develop a little, they have their own timeline, don't they? A little slower than girls. Okay, so what are, let's look at the nine friendship truths. Can you tell me a little bit about each one of those? Because it sounds like the nine friendship truths help you differentiate between a real best friend and someone who's not really your friend. You know, it, 
how the book is is set up is every chapter you know is filled with some stories and some fun activities you know some quizzes and at the end of the chapter there's just a truth that comes out of that um and these are those guide posts that you know probably you and i learned um the hard way when we were growing up like we were you know might have learned that friendships change when we were in the midst of a friendship change and possibly a, a painful friendship change. But the truth is, you know, so, so one of the friendship truths is, you know, friendships have different phases and change over time. Um, so it's hard to know that and to actually experience it. Um, but, you know, what if, what if preteen girls and boys actually kind of are, are aware of that, 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 that happens, you know, until they hit a painful point where that is happening. Mm -hmm. um, so these are one of those guideposts that, you know, let's, let's share this information a little bit earlier. And sometimes, you know, friendship changes are positive and necessary. And sometimes they're, they're hard and painful, but it happens throughout life. Um, and it's okay. So it's just changing, again, changing the, the, the narrative to make that, um, just that little piece of information that friendships have different phases and change over time. You know, just part of something we understand as, as people and especially as, as young people. Absolutely. And it normalizes it. So the person who, for example, is encountering their first fracture in an important relationship, in a friendship, they realize, oh, I'm not the only one. It doesn't make it hurt less, of course, but so that they understand. So you're putting the information out there ahead of time. So yes. people feel less less defective and broken and alone yes another one so another friendship truth is you know everyone develops friendship skills at a different pace um you know so when we we look at elementary school and in middle school you know friendships can be messy um, and not surprising because everybody is developing at a different pace everybody's got a different skill set everybody's got strengths everybody's got weaknesses um, so in this chapter you know there's a quiz how healthy are my friendship skills so you know we get to look at our skills um, and and other people's skills but realizing that you know this is a skill and it takes time to to practice these skills so my hope is again you know instead of changing the narrative so instead of you know this is a bad friend you know this is a friend who's got some 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 growth potential in this particular area Area. You know, so again, changing the mindset, changing the narrative, um, instead of, you know, good versus bad people, you know, we are all people that are learning skills and, and we're growing and learning as we go. And I think that there are probably many people of all ages who could benefit from developing their friendship skills a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. So throughout the course of the book, you know, all these little things that, you know, and they sound pretty common sense, you know, of course that's true. But, you know, when you're eight or nine or 10 or 11 and, and you know, you're experiencing maybe this for the first time, um, it can be really validating. And so when I was running my friendship group for girls, I remembered some collective sighs of relief. You know, I'd share one thing and I'd see some girl just relax like, oh, mm. okay, it's not me. This is how it goes. And everybody's experiencing that. So, so my hope is the book is kind of like a warm hug. It's a supportive guide, you know, as these things come up and we personalize it and we make it, you know, about us, it's, there's bigger stuff going on there. Absolutely. And I love that you said how relieving it can be because absolutely when you're working with a group and people realize, oh, or they're reading a book, oh, it's not just me. This is normal. Mm 
and really helps it really helps people um, feel less alone less isolated and and that they know it's part of the developmental learning curve so okay so we have two of your friendship truths what's another one another one and this is one that really starts to become important um, in element late elementary into middle school um, some girls with strong friendship qualities may not have the most friends sometimes girls with the most friends don't make the best friends and i know parents of girls this age you know myself included we start to really hear this term popular a lot um and and you know when we try to dive into what does that actually mean um you know there's a lot of things going on there and sometimes not always but sometimes you know the most popular girls are not always you know the best friend choices so you know this this truth just opens up that door let's 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 look at qualities there's a whole chapter on friendship qualities and the qualities that we find really important in friendship and what qualities we have to offer friendship so again maybe shifting that perspective away from the popularity thing and really looking at the quality of friendship and that is such a beautiful um piece for young people, for, for people of all ages to know, to realize that, especially in a world where Facebook, people have 3,000, 4,000, 500 Facebook friends, right? But they might not even know who the people are, where it is really about quantity, quantity of the number of likes, quantity of the number of, you know, the count you have, and to really come back to that basic element of, wait, let's just look at the quality. Right. Let's have relationships, friendships early on that are built on, and I can imagine a few of the pieces might be trustworthiness, yes. right? Kindness, compassion. So friendships that are really authentic and have maybe fewer of those, but have better quality. Yep, yep, exactly. Beautiful. Okay. How about, I? gosh, let's cover one more of those tips, one more of those friendship truths. Okay, and this is a big one for girls. Um, another one is we teach others how we want to be treated by speaking up. Hmm. So there's a whole chapter on speaking up and how, how to speak up in a way that you're actually heard. Um, you know, there's lots of ways to speak up um, that, that'll, you know, our words matter a lot. So we can choose words that might actually really make the situation a lot worse. Um, but also how to speak up in a situation that doesn't feel really safe. Um, then I remember there's, there's one moment I remember in one of my friendship groups um, so clearly where I was talking about speaking up and they all the, the kids in the group were looking at me like, you've got to be kidding me. And so I asked, you know, I just asked, you know, so what do you guys think about this? And, you know, one young girl raised her hand. She said, you know, if I said that, they would mow my head right off. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Which was great feedback. So, you know, after exploring this more, I realized, okay, so sometimes it's not really safe to speak up in a certain way. You know, some of these, these are very, you know, these are young friendships um, with um, a variety of skills. So sometimes we have to speak up in a way that we feel we can safely do that. So in the book, I've got some options, you know, some, some ways we can speak up where we might actually share our feelings, um, but other ways where we might be really short and to the point. Um, but the hope is 
helping girls, knowing that this is a point in life where there's um, the confidence is, is dipping, helping girls find the courage to speak up in friendships. That is, again, another really beautiful element to be able to teach young women, you know, or young boys, the importance of letting others know what you need, right. which really then goes back to that place of knowing needs, cultivating boundaries, and being able to say, this is how I need to be treated. But I also love the piece where you're being cognizant that sometimes situations aren't so safe. And so there might have to be a workaround that's, uh, that really acknowledges how safe the situation, how safe the friendship is. Yes, exactly. Oh. And of course, all of these are skills, you know, that will guide girls throughout all their relationships, you know, starting with their friendships, but then growing into other relationships later in life. So, so it's really foundational skills, um, you know, that, that will guide them for many years and of course take lots of practice. Absolutely. And I like that you say that there are foundational lifelong skills because it, it's so beautiful when you think of, of what you're offering, you're giving somebody a handbook a guidebook into how to form healthy relationships. And when healthy relationships, that, you know, that understanding of how to form them, how to maintain them is started early in life. Oh my goodness, it can be, those skills then just become the natural part of a person's being and then they're used in adult relationships, in romantic relationships, work relationships, friendships. So my goodness, what what a wealth of information and i happen to have seen all of your nine friendship truths so we will leave the balance of them for people to explore for our listeners to explore on their own but those four are definitely um you know heavy hitters because that you make them sound simple and easy but the truth is as you said it takes lifelong practice it does you know it and, does and parents and and teachers and caregivers, they can help, um, you know, remind kids of this framework. Because sometimes when we're caught up in something, you know, and, and, and we start to ruminate um, and get caught up in stories, you know, parents can, you know, point back to that, hey, you know, remember this, you know, everyone's learning these skills at their own pace, or hey, friendships change over time, you know, maybe this friendship is just going through a shift. So um, my, you know, my biggest hope would be that families use this as a guide, you know, and they can remind each other some of these truths that, that we all come across as we navigate life. And I'm really glad you said that because as, as you were speaking, I was thinking of how many parents, if the child has the book, how many parents would have no idea how to coach the child on building healthy friendships because they may have never learned healthy friendship skills. So this would be a wonderful book as somebody's driving their child to school or they're sitting, you know, on a weekend to read chapter by chapter as a family. Yeah, and, and reference back. So, you know, there's, there's one chapter that's tricky friendship scenarios, you know, so that might not be relatable right now, but later, you know, when one of those situations come up, like when one of them's focused on gossip, you know, they can go back, hey, you know, how, how can I manage the situation of gossip? So, you know, it's, it is truly kind of a, a reference, little resource to navigate these, these really interesting years, you know, 8 to 12 or 13, um, when these things happen over and over and over again. 
And I can see somebody even, you know, beyond those years reaching back to it to say, <laughs> I'm in a tricky spot here. Let me go back because it sounds a bit like it's a friend, a friend in a book, a healthy, friendly coach in a book. And where somebody might not want to speak to mom or dad about something they're going through, it's a nice resource to be able to go to on one's own to touch to touch back to a lovely, lovely, lovely Jessica. So what are three or four key ideas or additional takeaways you'd like to offer listeners? So um, for parents, let me, and this is not necessarily a book takeaway, but just a guide for parents. Cause and looking back, especially at myself, it's easy for us as parents when you know our, our daughters start to struggle in this area to be a grounding force as much as we can, um, to realize, yeah, this is a tricky time to find empathy, to support them, to listen to them, because by them trying to process these emotions and these experiences, they're finding clarity and they're finding their way. So um, yeah, not so much about the book in my closing comments, but more for parents just to look the, look at this as an opportunity to help your girls gather the skills and gather, you know, the way to navigate her emotions. Um, that, that would be the best role that we can play as parents. And I found where I messed up the most is when I got maybe too emotionally involved or too engaged in the problem. Um, you know, so once I stepped back, I'm like, okay, wait, my role here is to really just be the grounding force, be the loving force, and be the guide. Instead of getting involved in the nitty gritty, um, I did the best job of helping my daughter find her way. And that is beautiful. Again, you know, I'm seeing you um, almost like with a lantern above, right? Your wisdom above shining down and saying, I'm here. Let me help you collect your emotions. Let's gather them. I'm here. We can, I'm here not helicoptering over you, but shining a light on on things and being your steadfast tree here by the side at the same time and what a healthy way to parent and a healthy way to um, bring your skills as a as an advocate essentially for for teens for friendships for relationships into the world in a really grounded yet I love you know that you have nine basic principles that people can really follow Yes, I hope so. You know, and, and it's amazing. And so looking back now, now I've got one in high school and one in middle school. And, you know, I never would have guessed that we ended where we ended, you know, so I think it's important for parents to really avoid labeling kids, our own or others, because it's, you know, it's it changes all the time. You know, friendships will continue to change. They will continue to, to find out who they are as individuals and grow. Um, so to give them the space with lots of support, you know, we can do our best job as parents to, to really help kids through this, this really interesting but exciting phase of life. Absolutely. And it sounds like you've done it successfully with two girls who are, um, how have they done with the principles? Are they, do they seem to manage friendships really well? 
you know, and what's been fun is, you know, we have grown together through this. So I didn't have this sort of clarity when they were younger. In fact, some of my own parental mishaps, you know, guided this, you know, and I wished I had, you know, I wish I'd read this book when they were toddlers. I would have done a much better job through, you know, elementary school. Um, but we've grown and we've learned together. So they're doing, they're doing really well. Um, you know, but it's, 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 it's an interesting time with, with the isolation because of the pandemic. Um, but I am grateful because I think they do feel grounded, um, as grounded as they can in this environment, knowing because they know that changes, changes happen. And so when they get back to school and in a more normal circumstance, you know, we're prepared that it's going to be different and there's going to be new friendships and some friendships will change and, you know, just getting really comfortable with all that. And that sense I'm getting, that sense that they've really learned more about the art of flexibility, being able to stay grounded within, within themselves and, and because of the education you've given them and the love and the support, yet no way we can navigate this. We can, we can move through what's ahead. Mm -hmm. And that is the beauty of healthy parenting, right? Is, you know, those pieces of being together, loving together, you know, growing together, reading together, you know, all of that togetherness does really ground us and root us in that sacred space of family. Yes, absolutely. You know, so um, it'll be, it'll be interesting. You know, one, one of my daughters has, during the pandemic, it's been, it's almost been a blessing for her to really clean up her friendship scene and have a much smaller group and a much healthier group. And my other daughter, you know, feels more like she's lost touch with a lot of people. Um, so, so two completely different experiences, um, both really excited to get back, um, you know, to life a, a little more normal. Um, and we'll just keep navigating, you know, figuring out as we go, because that's all we can do, right? Absolutely. And as you said, that if you had, you know, written the book when they were toddlers, but to be fair, right, we learn so much by experiencing life and then we can write from what we know. Mm -hmm. And you are writing from what you know, from the friendship groups that you've run, from your research, from your mothering. And so what a powerful book it is now because of all of those experiences that have come together for you yes. and that those experiences will now serve to teach others and help um, moms and dads who are so busy and often so flummoxed with how to handle things and here's a perfect guidebook for them and for their young daughters and sons until the next one comes out we'll just switch out those pronouns so thank you so much for being with us today jessica it has been a true pleasure and a joy to spend time with you where can our listeners find you um, the easiest place is my website which is jessicaspear.com it's s p eer.com and that website has um you know quick links to all my social media so you can find me um, on facebook and instagram and twitter and linkedin um, but if you just go to that website you'll quickly be able to to find me connect on social and thank you so much for having me carla it was so fun to chat with you it was such a joy and i'll just repeat jessica's information one more time it's jessica j-e-s-s-i-c-a spear s-p-e-e-r and her
her wonderful book, BFF or NRF, Not Really Friends, A Girl's Guide to Happy Friendships. So as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. If you'd like more wonderful Familius content, be sure to visit us at Familius.com where you will find our Habit Hub blog as well as a spectacular selection of books for families. One step at a time, we can make the world a happy your place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine as only you can do. We talk together, learn together, play, work, eat together. We laugh together.